This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special five-part podcast series on building a stronger culture of compliance through targeted and effective training sponsored by Diligent. Over this series, we will consider the importance of ongoing communications, the value of targeted training, training third parties, what is effective training, and the role of the board of directors. Now a word about our sponsor, Diligent. This podcast series is presented by Diligent, and Diligent empowers leaders with a holistic view of their organization's governance, risk, compliance, audit, and ESG practices so they can make better decisions faster, no matter what the challenge. Ready for purpose-driven compliance? Diligence equips leaders with the tools they need to build, monitor, and maintain a culture of open, transparent ethics and compliance. Build a stronger culture of compliance by improving cultural openness and training effectiveness so everyone in your organization is ready to make the right choice in any situation. For more information on Diligent and to book a demo, visit diligent.com backslash compliance training. In this episode one, I am joined by Kunal Agrawal, Director of Customer Success at Diligent, and we will consider the importance of ongoing communications in any training program. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and welcome to the first episode of this special five-part series. Today, I'm thrilled to have Kanal Agrawal. And Kanal, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Could you tell us your professional background and what your current role is? Yeah, so I'm a director of customer success at Diligent, and I manage a book of business from a CS perspective for our audit risk and compliance customers. So essentially, my team is helping our customers go through all the day-to-day challenges or opportunities they may see with our product. I have been with Diligent for over three and a half years now. Most of my background has been in the technology industry, where I've played different roles in customer success, consulting, sales, project management. So I've done different roles across my career within the tech industry. That's a bit about my background. So Kanal, one of the reasons I was so excited to have the chance to visit with you is We hear the phrase ongoing communications as much as we hear any phrase in compliance. And everyone focuses on the second word, communications. Mm -hmm. But you take a little bit different approach and you help clients think about the ongoing part of ongoing communications. And frankly, I've never met anyone who talked about that. So hence, I'm very excited to talk to you really about the structure of communications and how you might think through the form of communications as opposed to simply what's in the communication. So let me start off on one of my favorite terms because I come out of the world of podcasting and cadence is an incredibly important concept and strategy of a podcast. Can you explain what cadence is and how you see cadence or how a compliance professional perhaps rather should think through cadence for ongoing communications? Yeah, that's a great question, Tom. I think taking a step back, if you think about it, compliance today and all the regulations today are getting complex. And there are so many nuances to it 
that an ongoing communication is extremely important where you're not just focusing on an annual training or the compliance training for your employees, but what are you doing to make sure that everyone in the organization, be it an employee or be it stakeholders or be it even your third party suppliers are aware of different compliance regulations and the requirements. And, you know, they're aware of what's happening around so that they can abide by that. So I think it is equally important to have a certain workflow. And as you said, a cadence to that, obviously number one priority is obviously your annual trainings, which are extremely important and you need to do it. But then there are a number of different communications you can do over the course of the year to keep the momentum going. The most important is obviously some kind of a newsletter, which is, which goes out to the employees or to internal stakeholders again, or to, or to any of the third parties, then you can, you can utilize different internal mediums, which you use to communicate to the employees. So you might have Slack or you might have teams, or you might have different mediums. So use them to make sure that there is an ongoing communication around that process. And then the fourth thing is obviously you want to stick to some of the basics, which is the email blast, which goes out. And then the information is also readily available within your internal internal document repository where the people can go in and look at that. So you mentioned annual training. In terms of ongoing communication, is there, so let me just say in the podcast world, it's important to, once you establish your cadence, to keep with it. So if you do once a week, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Just do it once a week. If you do twice a week, that's fine too, but don't change it. And even once a month, is there a sort of a similar concept in ongoing communications? Once you commit to a communication at a certain cadence, do you find it important for the listener or for rather the communicator to maintain credibility to release on a cadence that they set? I think it is important. It is important because if there is a pattern to a cadence, then people know what to expect and when. So for example, we talked about the ongoing train or the annual trainings, right? If there is a certain timeline where you do trainings, and then again, right, everyone might have different cadence, as you said, right? Some people may do monthly, biannually, annually. People can expect to happen at a certain time. So it becomes a habit, right? So at the end of the day, you want to get in a situation where it becomes a habit for the people and it is extremely important. You brush your teeth every day, whether you like it or not, that is something which is extremely important. So I think the compliance is, is a, it, you need to instill the habit to make sure that, you know, the anyone, right, who's responsible to take those trainings are aware that they can expect something like this. A pattern is extremely important so that people know what to expect. And the same thing, the, no matter what medium are you using, if there is a process to that medium and how you are communicating that information, it becomes easier for people to recognize and understand. And then it becomes easier for them to to take action on it or even respond based on the expectations of the organization or the compliance professional. You used a word in there I've never heard any compliance professional use, and that's habit. Mm -hmm. Can you really get employees in the habit of expecting ongoing communications? And if so, what's the positive benefit for that in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's, as as I mentioned in the initial part of my conversation, it is getting the compliant, like being compliant is getting more and more complex. 
And it is very difficult for anyone to know the nuances of what are those regulations they need to adhere to. So, at the, and then at the same time, it is, it is honestly, even for a compliance professional, it is hard to keep a track of what is required in the industry. I think when I say habit, I think it is important that they know what, like a have like simple thing, right? As the example I gave in, like a habit, right? You do certain things in a certain form or shape to make sure that the you know what the outcome would be. For example, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, the outcome is you might not have any cavities, your teeth will be healthy. So that's the outcome. So I think the same thing from a compliance perspective, if you instill that con- confidence of being a habit of this is the information you consume through the communication, and that is the outcome, right? So if they can predict the incoming and outgoing and an outcome like a habit, it becomes easier for them to process the information. So I think to instill that habit, you, it is important to obviously tell them that this is what you know is required, but why it is required and what would be the outcome of that process. Canal Diligent is a worldwide company. You have clients who are literally on a worldwide basis, whether they're headquartered in the United States, United Kingdom, or anywhere else. One of the things I've always either been concerned about or thought about is the use of humor in communications mm-hmm. because American sense of humor is different than an English sense of humor is different than a South Asian sense of humor is different than a far East Asian sense of humor and everywhere in between. Yeah. So how do you help or how would you counsel a compliance professional who wants to inject some humor in their communications simply to make it more engaging would you instruct them to perhaps have some local listeners listen to it, local experts, or how do you help someone think through the use of humor or even cartoons in a ongoing communication? I think it's a great question, Tom. I think it is definitely complex when we obviously develop new content. It is important that we are catering to the audiences which might be present in different parts of the world. When we develop new content, obviously we do those validations with the local listeners and the audience to make sure it makes sense. And then some of the, I would say, even the forms of humor makes things a little bit easier, like depending on what you pick and choose. So a verb, I would say a verbal humor is very complex and it varies significantly by different countries and regions. But if you think about maybe a written humor depicted through a cartoon character, which is obviously more popular, You can still cater to a larger audience in that sense, because some of the characters and some of the, obviously the expressions depicted through a more, an artistic humor or a written humor is slightly more, more generic versus a verbal humor, which obviously one thing may mean a different thing in different parts of the world. So we try to bring the combination of how we can, you know, create a mix of verbal, written, as well as an artistic humor built in. But at the same time, obviously, the validations are equally important to make sure that the audience to whom you are creating the content, it is obviously humor and they are not creating anything which is not acceptable in that part of the country. Kunal, I'm really intrigued because several times in this podcast, you've used the word complex. And I don't want to sound demeaning, but I would almost would have thought ongoing communication is as simple a issue as there is in compliance. 
But you've suggested, no, it's actually quite complex. That also suggests to me, you believe there needs to be serious thought put into not only what goes in to the communication, but also things like cadence, things like message, things like even form of the communication. Would that be a fair assessment of how you believe or your thoughts rather on ongoing communications? Yes, 100%. If you think about it, the problems we are trying to deal with, be it data privacy or health, health, anything, you know, related to healthcare compliance or even trade compliance, you know, there is so much at stake, right? If something goes wrong and if, you know, any of, if any single person in the organization doesn't understand the guidelines and in the processes around this, it can reveal AI data or even healthcare data and compromise so much information in, in the world, which can land into hands of the people you don't want them to get access to. So I think the problem we are solving itself and then the, you know, what is at risk is obviously there's infinite possibilities of what can happen if you don't take care of obviously someone understanding those guidelines and regulations. I think the problems we are dealing with, obviously through these ongoing communications, specifically in the world of compliance, are getting more and more complex, right? Like the data privacy, as I mentioned, data privacy, even diversity, equity, inclusion. I think all these involves so much sensitive information. And then we need to be sensitive around how this is being handled within the organization. And it is everyone's responsibility to make sure that we are following all the processes to protect ourselves, our colleagues, our customers, uh, and anyone who is who is involved in the whole process. Kanal, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode. I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we look at targeted content. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted more, any more information on the topics you've talked about today, what would be the best place for them to go? Yeah, I think obviously diligent.com, like we, we obviously have a lot of information, case studies on compliance. So feel free to go to our website and read about different areas of compliance and then what different forms of communication we use. There is also a lot of information available on some of the industry related white papers. So feel free to go to any of the major organizations website you are you are a member of to, to find that information. I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me and I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much for your time. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for episode two, where I visit with Kevin McCoy and we talk about the value of targeted training. This podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. For more information on Diligent, check them out at diligent.com backslash compliance training. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening to this episode.